So when I was in the Navy, we used to refer to each other, and this is, this is going to sound bad, with uh, derogatory terms, not really, I don't mean like that. Um, what I mean is uh, that if you had to correct somebody in the ship, maybe some of you, some of you have, have had this experience, um, you often, oftentimes didn't call them by their rate or their rank or their name, at least if it was a peer or someone below you. You'd say, hey, shipmate, and then continue with the correction, whatever it happened to be. Um, when our Lord says to the worker today, my friend, I'm not cheating you, my friend, he uses a word that Matthew only uses twice, two other times in the gospel. Uh, and the word is used uh, the other time uh, when uh, all, the, all the folks have come to the wedding feast and the, the bridegroom comes and he says, my friend, how did you get in here without a wedding garment? This is like a rebuke. He gets tossed out, okay, where there's, where there's going to be wailing and, and grinding of teeth um, with, because he's, he's in, this, in this reception without a, uh, without a wedding garment. The other time um, is in the Garden of Gethsemane when Judas betrays him. He comes and he greets his master with a kiss, and Jesus says, friend, do what you've come to do. So this, this, this word, my friend, it's not like a friendly word. Um, we think it is. It seems that way. But there's something about it that's a little, a little heavier hitting uh, than just, hey, friend. You know, this is no, hey, friend, let me offer you a correction. And notice what he says. He says, take what's yours and go. It's almost like I hired you today. I'm not sure I'm going to hire you tomorrow. Because take what's yours and you can go. And that's, what, that's like the implication with the other uses of that word in, uh, in Matthew's gospel. My friend, what are you doing here without a wedding garment? You're going to be cast out. And of course, uh, Judas as well. So what's the, what's the upshot here? Like, what's, this, what's, the, what's the deal? What's going on um, with this parable? Uh, the scene right before this parable in Matthew's gospel uh, is the story of the rich young man who comes to our Lord and says, what must I do to gain eternal life? You know the commandments, right? Love God, love your neighbor, all of the above. And he says, look, I've done all these things from my youth. What do I still lack? If you wish to be perfect, go sell everything that you have and come and follow me. And the young man goes away sad. Right? He leaves sad uh, because he had many possessions. That's what the gospel says. Many possessions. And our Lord concludes that instruction with his, with, with his apostles um, with the same phrase with which he concluded the, the end of the gospel today. The last will be first and the first will be last. It gives, gives us an indication of what our Lord means, like what he's talking about when he's talking about the first and the last. Those who place their trust in wealth and the things of this world, those who demand right, uh, equality in like an unhealthy way, those who are going to say, um, what I get from what I give is the most important thing. Whereas, you know, the instruction of our Lord, we're, we're supposed to give without counting the cost. I'm not supposed to be concerned about the kingdom of this world as much as I am about the kingdom of heaven. He says to the other, um, the other standing idle in the marketplace, he said, you too go into my vineyard and I will give you what is just. And so when we consider like human standards of justice, we do sort of tend to fall into that trap, don't we? It's easy to fall into that trap. These guys work for the whole day. They get one denarius, the usual day's wage. The guy's going at 9 o'clock, 3 o'clock, 5 o'clock, noon. Everybody gets 
uh, the, same, the same pay. But the Lord said, go into my vineyard and I will give you what is just. You see, the implication is what the Lord wants to give isn't so much repayment for our work because he's giving everybody the exact same thing. Our Lord is giving us repayment for trusting him. Our Lord is giving us repayment for responding to his invitation. So what is just? What's justice? We can go through the line of the philosophers and the saints and give you a healthy definition of what justice is, giving, each other, giving the other what is his due. Okay, fine. Um, we, can, we can spend a lot, a lot of time talking about that. Or we can look at our Lord, the one who, well, justifies us, the one who makes us just. Go into my vineyard, and I will give you what is just. See, he says, says to us, I'm not concerned again about all of these possessions and the things that we tend to hold on to or, or, or how do we say it, place our trust in. If I want to place my trust in the things of this world, you're never going to find perfect equality. You're never going to find perfect justice. It's not the way this world works, and we know that. Our Lord says, in contrast, as it were, like, like in response to the grumbling, on receiving it, the usual day's wage, they grumbled against the landowner. This is God, right? And they say, these last ones worked only one hour, and then here's the, here's the key line. You have made them equal to us. You made them equal to us. That grates against those who have placed their trust in their own efforts, right? And in the, 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 the wealth that they themselves have earned. But you made them equal to us. They're not, clearly not as good as we are. You made them equal to us. So that's, again, human, the human standard of justice. Our Lord invites us to look at the cross first and foremost. And also this evening to recall the words of the saints. So St. Athanasius says it like this, God became man so that man could become God. God became man so that man could become God. In other words, we share in the divinity of Christ who humbled himself to share in our humanity. God made us equal to him. What a guy, right? I mean, I didn't bear... How's it? The day's burden and the heat. I wasn't nailed to the cross 2,000 years ago. I didn't live my life perfectly, innocent, innocently. I didn't offer to God a perfect sacrifice on my own. I was very simply the recipient of this infinite and beautiful and wonderful gift of God. And yet he made me equal to himself. Not because I earned it, not because I deserved it, but because he's generous. He's just that good. And where, like, where would we be without that? Where would we be without the goodness of God? Who goes out in the morning and says, you know what, some of you, uh, in the morning, immediately, right off the bat, you're ready. Like, you know, you received the faith well from the beginning. You're convicted and you said, this is exactly what my life is about. This is the meaning of my life. I'm totally willing, from the beginning, to work in the Lord's vineyard. For some of you, maybe it took a little longer. Maybe it was 9 o'clock or noon or 3 o'clock or sheesh. Maybe it was 5 o'clock. 
end of the day before I realized how important it was to work in the Lord's vineyard. Maybe it was that late before I realized that everything else that I've done with my life has been, well, idle. I've realized the emptiness of sin and other and, and earthly focuses, okay, and worldly concerns, worldly anxieties. Our Lord doesn't care. He's not worried about when you realize the futility of these human concerns. He's much more interested in pouring out to each of us his infinite generosity and love. This is a beautiful reason to be able to give thanks today. It's a beautiful reason to be able to rejoice in the goodness of our God. I remember, again, when I was on my ship, um, before I entered seminary, um, just kind of threw up my hands one day, because, um, you know, you're fighting the good fight. You guys know how it goes. Um, the, daily, the daily grind and the whole nine yards. Put my head in my hands and I said, what am I doing with my life? What am I doing with my life? It's a great question to ask, right? We all have to ask it at some point. Uh, and it was a moment as I was recognizing the futility of, of, of everything that I, was, that I had been involved, involved with. I wasn't living like a dissolute life. You know, I, was, I didn't, didn't jump off the deep end with morality or anything along those lines. I was still trying to, to, to practice my faith, but God was calling me to something else, calling me to something deeper. And that was his call to work in a particular way in the vineyard. Now, all of us are called to work in the vineyard by our baptism because each of us uh, is priest, prophet, and king by our baptism because that's the threefold mission of Christ, and it's one that he shares with us when he unites us to himself. He makes us sons and daughters of God Most High as he is son of God. And so to cultivate and tend the vines in the vineyard is to share in that mission of Christ, to be priest, prophet, and king, to offer with him the one sacrifice on the cross. That's what we're doing here. Pray, brothers and sisters, that my sacrifice and yours may be acceptable to God, the Almighty Father. Here we are, me offering the sacrifice as a ministerial priest, and you offering the, sa the same sacrifice as members of the universal priesthood of the faithful. And as prophets, we also have the opportunity to preach the Word of God, both by our words and by our actions. And as kings and ladies, you can be queen. If Mary can be queen of heaven and earth, you all can be queens too. That's good to go. But as kings and queens, what do we do? Well, we're teaching also conquering evil by the grace of God in our own lives, and also bringing the goodness of God to bear on the rest of the world. The world needs to know and desires to know whether they understand it or not at the moment, the goodness and the victory of Christ over all sin and death. So here we, all then, here we are then called to this mission of Christ, called to share in the work of the landowner, called to share in the work of Jesus Christ who has won victory over sin and evil and death. He says, come and work in my vineyard, and I will give you what is just. So you've come to the altar to receive not just a thing that is just, but the infinitely just one, our Lord Jesus Christ, the one who now, even now, transforms our hearts to be more and more conformed to him, and the one who prepares us by that generous gift which he continue, continues to give whether I like it or not, whether I receive it or not, whether I understand what's going on or not. He continues to, to, to offer that gift, that infinitely generous 
gift. Until finally, in heaven itself, we will rejoice fully and completely. We're all pain and sorrow and tears are wiped away. And we get to rejoice with God in eternity for his beautiful and wonderful and infinite generosity.